holla at your boy. Lots to cover as the crypto bloodbath continues in today's show. I'll be breaking down the latest technical analysis as literally there was a billion dollars worth of liquidations. We'll also be discussing SpaceX Bitcoin write down sparks a massive confusion. The question is, did Elon and SpaceX really dump $373 million worth of Bitcoin or is it nothing more than FUD? We'll also be discussing U.S. congressman issues a warning on CBDCs, says they pose an existential threat to Western civilization. We'll also be discussing Tornado Cash loses its lawsuit against the U.S. government. I'll be breaking down this report as well as breaking news. The judge grants the SEC request to file a motion for the appeal with the Ripple XRP case. And Max Kaiser, our fearless leader, quoting him here, Bitcoin has already and will continue to outperform everything else so spectacularly by 100x or more that anyone holding fiat, stocks, bonds, gold, and all the ish coins, property, etc. will literally be impoverished We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market, all this, plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my Rumble channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts. Net. And welcome y'all just joining us. Now let's dive into our market watch and check out this insanity of this bloodbath currently going on in the Bitcoin market. You should be able to see on your screen. Let me know in the chat. Bitcoin's currently just holding on to 26,100 by a thread. We've already touched in the 25,000 range. We're still down 6% for the day. Ether down 4%, trading at $1,600. And some of the biggest losers, naturally, is some of these alts. XRP down 13%, barely holding on to 50 cents. Uh, we have Solana down 7%, trading at 21 bucks. And also XLM and Litecoin are in the blood red. And checking out coinmarketcap.com, the current crypto market cap, sits at $1.05 trillion, with about $70 billion involved volume in the past 24 hours. So the volume is up roughly 58%. We got the Bitcoin dominance at 48.3% with the Ether dominance at 19% even. And checking out the SOT 100 crypto gainers in the past 24 hours, probably not much, just what you see here. We have AKT, which I have never heard of, up 33%, trading at $1.39, followed by Injective up 7%, trading at $7.78, followed by Tether Gold, which I have never heard of, <laughs> barely in the green, trading just under $1,900, and virtually the entire crypto market is bleeding in in the red with the biggest losers, including Conflux, Litecoin, and XRP for the past 24 hours. And if you check out the top losers for the past week, yikes. I mean, we're talking about anywhere from 10 to 20, even as high as 30% losses. Not looking good right now for the alts. Uh, and checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, we're currently rated to 37, finally back in fear. We have been stuck in neutral and greed for the bulk of the year. We're finally back in fear. Uh, yesterday was a 50 neutral, last week a 51, and last month also a 50 in neutral. Now, uh, welcome to everyone just joining us. Someone earlier asked in the chat, and they're like, yo, smash that down arrow button, dislike this video, because he's you know sharing predictions of millions of dollars. Meanwhile, there's a bloodbath in the market. And I responded, like, I'm not losing any sleep over this dump. All I do is continue to stack sats, and I sleep like a baby. 
Why is that? Because I'm not an Ishcoiner. <laughs> I have the most pristine uh, cryptocurrency, decentralized, incorruptible, uh, unconfiscatable crypto, and the only one that there is, and that is Bitcoin. So while everyone else is crying and panicking, I'm stacking sats. I just spent an entire day at the pool with my daughter, having a grand old time. I'm not sweating it whatsoever. And I think if you're a Bitcoiner, you feel the same way because one Bitcoin is still equivalent to what? One Bitcoin. Who cares the fiat crap, you know, value uh, equivalent? It's irrelevant. One Bitcoin will always be equivalent to one Bitcoin. And with that being shared, let's dive into today's Bitcoin technical analysis and check out some of these blood charts we're witnessing right now. Bitcoin stayed near two-month lows at the August 18th Wall Street Open as the markets came to terms with extreme liquidations, which we can see here not looking so great. And data from Cointelegraph and TradingView showed Bitcoin price action tracking sideways after a single-day candle spawned an 8% loss. Uh, Bitcoin saw a cascade of liquidations across the derivative markets, which is used as a financial weapon of mass destruction, with these accounting for an outsized majority amid the relatively lack spot selling. Quoting QCP Capital, in Deribit, it is likely that a large account got wiped considering the immense short liquidation that occurred together. And as you can see here, shorts are getting wrecked. I mean, so many positions are getting wrecked, obviously. Now, QCP, like others, noted that the market reaction to the alleged trigger, a write-down of SpaceX's $373 million on their Bitcoin holdings, which appeared to be exaggerated. And in our next story, we're going to be diving deeper into this. And is it just all FUD, or is there any uh, you know, truth to this story? Now, the total liquidations challenged those seen in the immediate aftermath of the FTX exchange meltdown, the event which resulted in Bitcoin dip into two-year lows. And the current low of the cycle, which is 15,600 back in November of 2022, uh, quoting the Kubisi letter, this feels like yet another sign of drying liquidity markets have seen over the last uh, few weeks. And for popular trader, Rack Capital, here's what he had to share. Bitcoin formed its higher high at 31,000 on inclining volume, but the price formed the second half of its double top on the declining volume. And an accompanying chart showed trading volume on the daily timeframes as Rack Capital warned that capitulation had likely not yet matched the previous sell-offs, quoting him again, though there was a small breakout in the seller volume on this crash, it is still nowhere near the seller exhaustion volume levels of the previous Bitcoin reversals in which he explained. In fact, current seller volume would need to probably double to reach those seller exhaustion volume levels that prompted the price reversals in early and late March, as well as mid-June. Meanwhile, others were more optimistic, as uh, pointing out to the RSI, every cycle, including the weekly Bitcoin RSI experience, is a fake-out of the bull market start line comes lasting longer than others, and every one of them makes a revisit to the 0.382 Fibonacci retrace of the move. And with the latest drop, both of those things are now complete. And also QCP points out, we believe that a low now rests on Powell's speech at Jackson Hill next week. And so there you have it. How low do you think the Bitcoin price action is likely to go during this dump? Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments right down below, which leads us to our next story of the day. Let's discuss everything SpaceX and the FUD circulating in the markets right now. And what exactly is causing this mass liquidation of over a billion dollars of positions to be liquidated just like that? Let's break it down. 
And let me know your thoughts also in the comments. SpaceX's Bitcoin write down report on August 18th sparked mass confusion within the crypto community. The report published in the Wall Street Journal puzzled many. Keep in mind that's the mainstream who questioned whether SpaceX held 373 million bucks worth of Bitcoin and sold it in 2021 and 2022, or whether they only reduced their Bitcoin exposure by the same amount. Several social media outlets reported that SpaceX had sold its entire Bitcoin holdings. Maybe that's what crashed the market. While others expressed uncertainty, claiming they were unable to confirm the amount based on the wording of the report. As pointed out here, I actually read the Wall Street Journal report, and I think Bitcoin Magazine is wrong. Yes, the report claims that SpaceX marked down the value of their Bitcoin by $373 million, but that doesn't mean they sold $373 million. Hmm. And sold some, but selling some doesn't necessarily mean they have no Bitcoin left. And I think they make a great point. And then Elon Musk, oh, well, he revealed this in 2021 that SpaceX was holding Bitcoin, as does Tesla on its balance sheet. And while Tesla's Bitcoin holdings were made public, there were no estimations around the SpaceX Bitcoin holdings, which have been key to the ongoing confusion. Tesla once held $1.5 billion worth of BTC, purchased during the bull market, but revealed it as sold 72% of its holdings. In quarter two of 2022, the SpaceX write-off claims were also believed to be one of the key catalysts behind the 2000 Bitcoin price drop, although several others denied that being the cause. Musk hasn't addressed the issue as of yet, but the market FUD made him target of Bitcoin proponents who questioned his strategy of buying high and selling low, while a few others called it market FUD. What are your thoughts? Do you think this is nothing more than mainstream FUD published by the Wall Street Journal specifically to tank the markets? Very interesting thought, right? One Reddit user wrote that Musk is running out of cash across all of his companies, suggesting that Musk might sell all of his Bitcoin and Doge within the next six months. And users on X also called out Musk for his paper hands, which we commonly make fun of him for. Uh, quoting them here, Musk appears to be going to toe-to-toe -to -toe against Bitcoin and his ex-empire. I wish him well, although I don't think this is wise. That's coming from Dr. Jeff Ross. While the dilemma around SpaceX Bitcoin holdings continues, Bitcoin proponents advocated traders to huddle Bitcoin and not fall for the market FUD. I think that's a great point. As pointed out here, SpaceX didn't sell its Bitcoin and neither did Elon Musk. Now sit back, relax, and just some intelligent guys getting $700 million in longs. Don't leverage, be patient and just hodl. Sage advice, as we all know, hodl be thy name. And when in doubt, try to relax. Get your mind off of the price action. Like I said earlier, I spent the entire day in the pool soaking up those sun rays here in Puerto Rico, and I'm not losing any sleep over these dumps. I just will continue stacking sats and uh, counting my blessings because I'm a Bitcoiner and not an ish coiner. And again, the ish coins are the ones that get wrecked when Bitcoin drops 8%. Some of these altcoins will drop 10, 20, maybe as high as 30%. So that's the wreckage, uh, you know, comes with the territory, uh, territory, no risk. No reward. Obviously, altcoins are very risky, but hence, when they pump, they could be very rewarding at the same time. So you got to find an equilibrium, right? Anyways, now let's discuss the existential threat, uh, says Congressman, regarding central bank digital currencies, better known as CBDCs. Let's break this baby down. And again, welcome to everyone just joining. Make some noise in the live chat. Let me know where you're tuning in from. This is a very a good warning coming from U.S. Congressman Warren Davidson, warning that the central bank digital currencies, better known as CBDCs, can result in a dystopian future. Facts. The Ohio Republican tells his 80,000 ex-followers he believes the CBDCs could transform money into a powerful means of governmental control and plans to introduce legislation to criminalize the development of these types of assets. So everyone, 
please show this congressman, Warren Davidson, some love. Because I don't know many other congressmen coming out sharing that. And we all know this is fact because we're Bitcoiners. Quitting him here. To make the point crystal clear, I am working on legislation to criminalize designing, building, testing, developing, or establishing a central bank digital currency. CBDC poses an existential threat to Western civilization by corrupting money into a tool for coercion and control. Now, sound money serves as a stable store of value and an efficient means of exchange. Now, Davidson also says he wants to prohibit CBDCs because they threaten our other digital assets such as Bitcoin and impeding uh, the development of beneficial financial technology, quoting him again. Central bank digital currency poses a serious threat of all digital assets. As I said at a flyover fintech, many people wrongfully conflate even Bitcoin with a CBDC. I'd say the average individual knows no difference because they're completely ignorant to cryptocurrency. But if you watch the show, you already know CBDCs are pure evil, programmable government money, and Bitcoin is the antidote. Now, at least most agree that CBDC is evil, the financial equivalent of the Death Star. <laughs> no, that's true. Now, don't become an accomplice to anyone designing, building, testing, developing, or establishing CBDC. Uh, banning CBDC is essential to America's fintech future. Davison calls out several entities currently working on CBDCs, including Ripple Labs. That's right. Tokenized assets are not the problem. It's the people. Entities, including the Fed, Ripple, and Consensus, and influencers are actively working on CBDC projects. So it's no secret. The congressman says the CBDCs are the complete opposite of decentralized finance and vows to prevent their adoption. Quoting him again, current CBDC versions are centrally managed, permission database dependent on digital ID. This is the opposite of DeFi, where the entire computing architecture is designed to protect privacy and enable permissionless peer-to-peer -peer transactions. 100 plus countries are studying, developing, or implementing the same creepy surveillance state technology as China. So there have it. You have been warned. I warn you virtually every single day on the show to stay away from CBDCs as Bitcoin is the antidote and we don't trust the government and we don't trust their fiat money. Why would we trust their digital version of government fiat money? Would make no sense whatsoever. But anyways, fam, now let's discuss the Conclusion regarding the Tornado Cash lawsuit, unfortunately for the community, uh, the government won. And uh, then we'll discuss the latest with the Ripple XRP appeal, followed by the latest predictions from Max Kaiser, suggesting Bitcoin will continue to outpace every other asset and climb another 100x from the current price, uh, virtually predicting a $3 million Bitcoin price action. And then we'll dive into our live uh, Q&A. So yeah, let's discuss Tornado Cash. And how many of you have ever used it before? Do let me know. Tornado Cash is the most well-known crypto mixing service sanctioned by the U.S. Office of Foreign Asset Control last August. The decision was a result of a long-lasting spat between the regulator and the crypto mixer dating back to at least 2018 when two persons of special interest in the U.S. government were found to be using its services. Now, although crypto mixers do indeed appeal to cyber criminals, their main purpose is to grant extra privacy to those who want it. In order for a crypto mixer to work as intended, the number of uh, beginning users must be much higher than the amount of bad actors using it with no sizable amounts of assets to mix. The operation falls flat. Now, is this with the distinction in mind that Coinbase supported Tornado Cash's appeal against uh, the sanctions? Well, as pointed out here, the rights are rarely secured on a path that is always up, and uh, we will continue to believe plaintiff's challenge to OFAC's Tornado Cash action is right. We have always known that the Fifth Circuit review is required to resolve these issues. So this is ultimately uh, Coinbase pushing back and saying, hey, 
this isn't right. Uh, the government shouldn't be allowed to do this. Now, also keep in mind that uh, according to the court documents, Torquedo Cash's argument focused on its definition as a decentralized open source software project made of smart contracts on the Ethereum blockchain. However, the minting of torn tokens administrated by the Tornado Cash DAO led the government to believe otherwise. And although DAO is a technically autonomous, the court argued that whoever holds the most funds has the most voting power and therefore recentralizing decisions in a roundabout way. The case was presided by uh, Judge Pittman of the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Texas. And motivating his decision to turn down the lawsuit, Judge Pittman stated, in the eyes of the U.S. government, Tornado Cash is indeed an entity with a uh, property interest. And therefore, the OFAC sanctions of the crypto mixer do not qualify as governmental overreach. Quoting them here, this case is about Tornado Cash. But the parties disagree on how to characterize Tornado Cash. Plaintiffs argue that the designation of Tornado Cash exceeds the department's statutory authority over foreign nationals, interests in property, and violates the free speech clause. The government, on the other hand, argues that Tornado Cash is an entity that may be designated and that it has a property interest in smart contracts. So unless further arguments are brought forth, Tornado Cash will remain on the OFAC's specially designated national list, which prevents the entity from doing business with the banking sector and a wide range of businesses. So there you have it. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think this is unlawful and overreach of the uh, you know government bodies and the SEC? Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments right down below. Now let's discuss the latest with the Ripple lawsuit versus the SEC. As many of you know, Ripple Labs did get a slight victory, and it was determined by Judge Torres that XRP was not being sold as an unregistered security as the SEC deemed. And so, um, however, uh, Gary Gensler is not accepting that. The SEC is not accepting the verdict from the judge and is ultimately going to be appealing this decision. So let's now break this one down, shall we? Yeah, very interesting indeed. Check it out. Judge Torres has granted a request from the U.S. SEC to file a motion for leave to file for the interlocutory appeal in the case against Ripple Labs. The security regulator sent a letter to Torres August 9th saying her decision could affect multiple pending court cases. Well, uh, duh. But according to the U.S. law, this appeal occurs when a ruling by trial court is appealed while other aspects of the case are still proceeding. The decision allows the SEC to file a motion by August 18th, which is today. Today, requesting permission to bring a case to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. Ripple will also be able to file an opposition to the motion. Now, the decision comes just a few hours after Ripple Labs voiced opposition to a potential appeal for the case. Ripple lawyers put forth three main arguments in opposition to the SEC request. They first argued that an appeal requires a pure question of law and that the SEC's request raises no new legal issues that need to be renewed. They also argued that the SEC's claim of an incorrect court Court ruling on the matter is not sufficient and that an immediate appeal will not advance the termination of litigation proceedings. Quoting their CEO Brad Garlinghouse, reminder, the request for appeal, even if granted, doesn't change the fact that XRP is not a security. That's not up for debate or trial. But the SEC continues to claim that Chris and I acted recklessly in believing that XRP is not a security. Yada, yada, yada. Now, Torres ruled on July 13th that Ripple's native XRP token is not a security when distributed in public sales, aka 
exchanges, but that the ruling considered XRP a security and institutional sales. Interesting. The case against Ripple has been ongoing since December of 2020. Holy moly. When the SEC sued Ripple and its two chief executives, including Brad Garlinghouse and Chris Larson, over allegations that the company was offering an unregistered security. And in a recent interview with Bloomberg, Garlinghouse shared his belief that the SEC would face a lengthy appeal process, putting him here as a matter of law. The law of the land right now is that XRP is not a security. And until there is an opportunity for the SEC to file the appeal, which could take years. Frankly, we are very optimistic, he noted. And according to Garlinghouse, an appeal against the retail sales ruling would only further solidify the decision that Torres made. So there you have it. You also have to keep in mind for this to uh, go to the appeal uh, and do a whole new trial could take years. So in the interim, meaning in the uh, meantime, meanwhile, XRP is not a security, uh, unregistered security being sold on the exchanges. So all the exchanges have the permissions to relist it. And in fact, a lot of the major exchanges have already uh, relisted XRP for this reason. However, if they have another trial, let's hypothetically say three years from now, and after another trial, the judge you know changes the ruling and it's deemed an unregistered security, then it can be like deja vu all over again, like going back to 2020, it gets delisted from all the exchanges. And to me, that is very scary. Um, and you can thank no Clarity Gary for that one. So how do you think this is likely to play out? Do you think the SEC is just wasting their time? I mean, I personally look at it this way. The SEC has unlimited resources. They have all the money in the world. The money printer, you know what I mean, will continue to go burr for their needs. And, uh, you know, so they can virtually do anything they want. I think it's overreach. Obviously, it's the crypto crackdown. Unfortunately, it's likely to continue. However, I think the, the lawsuit against Coinbase and Binance, et cetera, can help set precedent just as the XRP lawsuit has. And I think that uh, thus far, it's been a win for crypto because the SEC is not getting their way. And of course, they're not going to be happy. Of course, they're going to appeal it. Of course, uh, Gary is not going to you know give us what we want and protect the investors whatsoever because they're just protecting their own pockets at the end of the day. And that's just the reality of the life that we live in here in the crypto sphere. But with that being shared, fam, let me know your thoughts. And now let's break down our main story of the day. And that's Max Kaiser predicting the Bitcoin price will rise to $3 million. We don't care if Bitcoin is crashing because we're in this for the long haul. So cry me a river, y'all. But with that being shared, yeah, first, let's start with this quote he recently shared on Twitter dated August 11th which got 62,000 views, he wrote, Bitcoin has already and will continue to outperform everything else so spectacularly by 100x or more that anyone holding fiat, stocks, bonds, gold, all the ish coins, property, etc., will literally be impoverished. Very powerful words. Now, at the time he made this prediction, Bitcoin was close to 30,000. So what is 100x? times 30,000. That's $3 million per coin. And now, uh, quoting him from a more recent interview he did with Swan, maybe about a week or so ago, I posted this on X, formerly known as Twitter, on, let's see, uh, August 12th. So the following day after he made that post, it got 131,000 views, fam. And uh, here's what Max Kaiser had to share. With Bitcoin, it's kind of the end price, uh, the end of price discovery, because everything will eventually be priced in Bitcoin. Every Everything goes to zero against Bitcoin. Bet you heard that one before. And so for someone like myself who has been following this for 40 years, the finance markets, technology, Bitcoin is the holy grail. It is the end all. 
preach. I would say my compatriot in all of this is Michael Saylor. When you hear Michael Saylor talk, he talks about the aesthetics of Bitcoin, the beauty of Bitcoin, and he speaks about it in a way I think carries the torch from the Max and Stacy from 2011. Now, he started buying it, I guess, when it was ten dollars or $12,000 or so in 2020 era. So we were there from 2011 to 2020, and I think he's kind of carried the torch from 2020 in a lot of ways and introduced Bitcoin to massive pools of capital, including to Elon Musk. Note that I have surprised or I'm surprised that more companies haven't followed his lead, giving the breakup of inflation that we have had exactly as Michael Saylor predicted the melting ice cube, as he called it at the exact time and exactly what happened. Well, I guess we can say now we're in an era where BlackRock and these other major institutions are now looking at Bitcoin. So his work on the institutional level, I guess, is bearing fruit. Now, three years later, I see in the Middle East, they are starting to recognize Bitcoin. So that's a huge pool of capital. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that all that oil money will find its way into Bitcoin and be a huge catalyst for higher prices. So it's a natural way for the oil industry to diversify their portfolio because Bitcoin is essentially energy and the energy eventually gets priced in Bitcoin. And there is a marriage between these two in a big way. So there you have it. His first big prediction that the oil industry is going to diversify into Bitcoin. And he continues so I think that's kind of the answer. I have always been fascinated by price discovery and markets and the architecture of how markets work under the hood. And Bitcoin is such a pristine, perfect money. And I think it's something that humans have been searching for since forever. And now we're seeing it change society on a really fundamental level with the introduction of Bitcoin. Now, a lot of people are freaking out because of it, because it destroys the status quo. Preach. And a lot of people who have been waiting for it to come along and had the faith that humanity can be saved. Thank God. I honestly feel humanity would be doomed without Bitcoin. All we have to look forward to is CBDCs and the enslavement of the human race. Now, anyways, continuing, they see Bitcoin in those terms. So you have this split going on, which is very exciting. So it just continues on and on. And how could you not be interested in it? I think the people who were into it earlier, aka Roger Veer, and walked away just never got it from the beginning. Once it's categorized as an asset class, we have nothing to do except position ourselves in this asset class. So either we are going to have a small position or a big position, but we cannot ignore it. We cannot not have a position. Now, listen closely here. So even 1% of that multi-hundred trillion dollar funds available moves the needle on Bitcoin and it moves it up considerably. He's referring to the five, six, seven hundred dollar or five, six, seven hundred trillion dollar total addressable market. And he continues. So if we get into the five or 10% range, then you start to really see it raise ahead to the seven figure type predictions that people have been making, including myself, because it is an asset class. But on the flip side, we have what we saw in the gold market, which is the ability to control price discovery and manipulate the prices. And it's real through the derivatives markets. Pay very close attention to what he shares about derivatives here, fam. This is how the powers that be and the central bankers continue to manipulate the precious metal market. So the price of gold has been lagging inflation for 20 years because the government around the world don't like making gold uh or doesn't like gold making their fiat money look bad. So they make it easy for the huge funds to manipulate the price of gold and to scalp and to continuously skim profits off of gold, which is what they do almost every single day. You can watch it and see it. In fact, it's pretty clear. And they are very good at keeping the price of gold and silver down. There's something like for every ounce of silver, there's probably 50 ounces worth of derivatives floating in various exchanges around the world that are used to keep the price of silver down because governments don't want gold to race ahead to draw the capital out of their fiat money scam and into gold. Makes a great point, right? And with Bitcoin, we have the ability to pull our private keys. 
use, which is not really available with gold. Technically, people can take delivery of gold on these exchanges, but there's never been an organized attempt to do so, preach. And also, let's not forget that the majority of the, the gold in the world is hoarded by the central banks. So keep that in mind, fam. Anyways, back to Max's quote. We tried to do it uh, a few years ago. It uh, crashed JP Morgan, buy gold and silver, because after the 2008 financial crisis from JP Morgan ended up buying Bear Stearns effectively for nothing, they inherited this multi-million short silver position that Bear Stearns was managing at the behest of presumably the government. The government likes to stay involved. And so I did some calculations and it became clear if this short position was not covered and the price of silver got to 60 or $70 an ounce, it would bankrupt JP Morgan Chase. So we started this crash JP Morgan buy silver campaign and we got the price of silver from 15 bucks up to $50. What a legend. So we got it up to the old Hunt Brothers $50 level and then the Fed of course came in and they changed the laws overnight to make it possible for these banks to have and carry much greater short positions on silver. So they printed up a lot of paper silver derivatives and they stopped the run on their bank and the price went back down to $15 or so. So we have seen that it is possible to force capitulation of the silver market, but at the end of the day, because of the ability to pull private keys, it is not like it is with Bitcoin. I don't think it'll ever succeed. Whereas with Bitcoin, you can pull your private keys. So there you have it. Very powerful words coming from Max Kaiser, and that's 100% accurate. And that's why I don't trust the precious metals myself. Now, if Bitcoin and cryptocurrency didn't exist, I'd be all in on gold and silver because what other option would there be? But because there is Bitcoin, there is no second best, as Michael Saylor once said. Like, real talk, am I going to trust my life savings in gold when the powers that be can just manipulate it on a whim? In fact, they have been caught doing so so many times. How many times has JP Morgan had to pay? billion dollar or hundreds of millions of dollars in fines for being caught manipulating the precious metal market. I think that will continue. Now, Bitcoin is the only incorruptible money, hence why it is perfect money. There is a finite limited supply. And I mean, there's no greater alternative. Uh, there's no second best, quoting the great Michael Saylor. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. Hoddle.